This is Pierre Bouvier, lead singer of the band Simple Plan. I could sing a song for you, Wine 30, with Andrew and Lindsay. Here we go. Andrew and Lindsay hosting Wine 30. So the wine this week was a little bit interesting because we were at Costco and I saw this person with a booth. They're still not doing like samples at Costco, but she was there and she was like, hey, we are from Highway 12 Wine and we have all these wines on sale. And I was like, eh, I'm going to pass because I was like, there was nothing about them that jumped out at me and I didn't want to like end up talking to some person for like an hour and then I was browsing the wine section and then I saw the Highway 12 wine and it was on sale from $32 for like $13. And I was like, that is a steal. And this blend is 34% Cab Sauv, 33% Cab Franc, and then 33% Merlot. And I have to say, I'm very impressed. This is one that like didn't jump out at me, but I'm glad I gave it a shot because I would give this like a 10 out of 10 for a red wine for me. I think it's really good. Um, it's got a lot of oak burst. Mm-hmm. It's very um, supple and it has a lot of like berry. Yeah. So it's, it's very berry forward. It's fruit forward. The back of the bottle says bold earthy flavors of wild berries, black cherry, sage, and spice. Oh, I can see that. The sage and the, it's, I can, it's very All of pepper, those things. pepper kernel. Yeah. Yeah. And this is from Sonoma County, Highway 12, which we are super close to Highway 12. I used to take a different section of Highway 12 to work all the time. So I pretty much know about where this winery is. Yeah, they did it right. We're, I'm not a huge fan of the label. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like when I first saw the label, I was like, yeah, not for me, not my vibe, but then I'm glad I picked it up anyway. I'm ge- I'm glad you picked it up too. Good job, Lindsay. So we did just have a cheese plate. We did, and that's what I recommend having with this cheese. And if you could do like the I did, only like, thing, we had like goat cheese, olives, jalapenos. Yeah, the only thing we were missing is like a nut of some sort. Or if you eat meat, like salami. Or something would have been, like, really nice with that, too. Yeah, I was thinking pistachios. Ooh, yeah. Like uh, like some spicy, not spicy, but, like, tangy pistachio. He's had some chili lime pistachios. Chili lime pistachios. So he's, like, sitting here, like, ooh, he's just craving chili lime pistachios is what's going on here. But if you didn't already know, you are listening to the Wine 30 podcast with Andrew and Lindsay. We're going to talk about all the hot stuff in and, the news and in pop culture. And drink some wine, because that's just what we do here. That's just what we do. And if you haven't noticed, we have a new theme music. We sure do. And We're it, really happy about it. I think it's really fun. I think it's a good time. Me too. And I used to listen to Simple Plan a lot in high school. Like, a lot. I listened to a little bit of Simple Plan in high school. Yeah. Even though when it came out, you were probably, like, a little bit older than I was at the time. I was in, like, freshman, sophomore year, so it was, like, yeah. peak simple plan time. I was already, like, ingrained 
in the uh, hardcore emo scene. Oh, yeah. Me, it was like Yellow Card and uh, Simple Plan I at that point in time. do remember Yellow Card and... They have, like, Ocean Avenue. Yeah, that was a that jam. That was, like, a pretty cool little spot right there. I also was into, like, Weezer at that point in time. Okay, so I had a friend <laughs> that wouldn't let us listen to Weezer. Yeah. And so we were just, like, basically condemned to their, like, Weezer affliction. <laughs> you know, so, like, we just did not listen to Weezer. We just, like, boycotted Weezer. But we never were, like, open about it. We just, like, chose not to. Oh, you know who else was super hot at that time? Nickelback. Yeah, I had... Okay, so when I was in my younger years, mm-hmm. I uh, I had friends from... I had two friends on each side of the spectrum, and one group of friends would listen to, like, Nickelback, Disturbed, Godsmack, like, all that cool stuff, you know? And Nickelback mm-hmm. was on the softer side, but yeah. that was, like... Oh, Eve the 6. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like my jock gem group. Mm-hmm. And I was like pretty cool with them. And honestly, those were like, I had my probably one of my best friends there that I've ever had. And on the other side of the group, though, I had like hardcore, like emo grunge, you know? Yeah. So like in high school, for me, it was like a lot of people I knew listened to like Nickelback, that type of stuff, which I got really into. But then there was the group, like all the drama kids listen to like My Chemical Romance. Oh, I listen and like to that, that type too, of stuff. Yeah. So I didn't listen to it like a ton, but I knew like so many people that listened to it, I just ended up listening to it. And then I was still super into pop music, like boy band girl group. Like I just love pop music. Yeah, and we then, didn't have very a very strong uh drama crew. We did not have that. I mean, I wouldn't say that we were a strong drama crew. And I actually, I had a lot of conflicts with the drama teacher because I refused to be a thespian. She's like, you have all these thespian points. Why won't you sign up to be like a thespian, like an honor, like a whatever state honored national thespian, whatever. And I'm like, I do not want to be associated with the drama kids. And she was very offended by that. But I was like, I love doing theater. And I love being in drama, but I don't necessarily want to, like, fully associate. Like, that's not who I hung out with all day, every day. For sure. Yeah. So I'm like, when I do this, that's who it's tying me to. People that I think are horrible, awful people to the men. Like, they're mean. Oof, they're that. so mean. And I was like, I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. So it was really hard. Um, yeah. So Big meanies. So there the were drama like, kids bullying Lindsay. And then I was like, and then I was also in like the Students for Christ Club. So I there was like also a lot of Christian music that I was into at the same time. So hey, I I just had a lot of stuff. Going I totally on. get that. I went to some Christian rock bands and we were like Oh my gosh. When I mean Christian rock bands, I mean like exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Spirit West Coast was this huge it's basically like Coachella for Christian music. Like thousands of people, and they have like Really cool, like, nitty-gritty, like, emo-punk Christian bands. They have rap bands. They have, like, the big-name people like Jeremy Camp and, like, Toby Mack and all those people and the Newsboys. And it was, like, it's a fun experience because they have a ton of different stages where you can go and see all the different. It was cool. It was a really cool. It's, like, a week-long thing. See, I don't have as many 
good memories about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have a reason why, but I don't know if I want to share. Maybe another time. So let's talk about very briefly what we've been reading, watching, listening to. So basically playing. The only thing I've been playing this week is we downloaded Overwatch on the Switch. And it's a learning curve. It's actually sure. pretty fun, I want to say. Like, they did a decent job. It's hard because... The control is so different than playing on a computer. Yeah, like coming from the computer, I feel like on the computer you have a much more quicker response mm-hmm. because of the because think about it, you're using a mouse and the keyboard, like you have and your key- fingers on the yeah, keys and the ready mouse to go. is like a pointer that mm-hmm. you just can control and it's going where you want, and it's like the movements are very different. Whereas like when you're doing it on like Wii or like an interactive like virtual, I like thing, how you always call the Switch the Wii. I love it. Yeah, so we. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're doing that, it's like it's motion controlled. So mm-hmm. every little thing makes stuff move. But the thing is, if you take the motion control off, then you have to use a whole another joystick, and you can't aim. Right, it's like not sustainable. So it's, so, like, it's tough. Yeah, and I'm not used to that motion action. We're, I mean, we played like Mario Kart and stuff like that, but, but we have that turned off on Mario Kart. Yeah, you don't need it. Yeah. So it's definitely a learning curve, but we're getting better. We are. Andrew was like on fire for like most of a match yesterday. And I was like, man. And I didn't even have the motion sensor turned on. But the thing is, you were playing like Torb and you had like your turret set up who was just shooting everything. So like, but I guess they're coming out with the second one. And I don't know how I feel about it yet. Super stoked about it. But I hear it is changing to 5v5 versus 6v6. Huh. So that'll change like the dynamic a little bit. Yeah. Because you'll probably end up with, like, either one less tank or one less healer, I'm assuming. Because everyone goes or one DPS. Or DPS. So, freaking. Yeah. They had, the thing is, is they got themselves back into a little corner because they had, and this is what really interests me about the game, is, like, the politics behind it, mm-hmm. is that they, and this is a tough spot to be in for them, they had too many trolls on the game and they would just all go the same. Like they would be like, I'm going DPS no matter what. You can't yeah. stop me. And so they implemented a a rule, like a basically restrictions. Oh, where you had to pick what you were playing beforehand so that it would right. make it like two, two, two. And whenever you start doing like restrictions like that, you get yourself backed into a corner as like a game designer. Because I don't like it because the thing is you can start two, 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 right? Like two tanks, two DPS, two healers. But sometimes you'll be playing and you'll be, like, against the people we're against. It'd be really great to have another tank or to have another right, healer because it's or an to immersive have another game, right? So, you have to, like, being an immersive game, you have to be adaptable, right? So, like, if someone goes something, you have to go something else. So, so then, like, sometimes you're a healer trying to figure out, yeah. like, oh, if I switch healers, what's more of a DPS healer or a tank healer exactly. so it's that like I can chess, be doing something right? else? So they made, basically made the game kind of, I don't want to say easier. They just made it, like, very, um, like, well, now if somebody's really great at something, they can really excel, right, kind of thing. Because there's not as many people. There's, like, not as many competition. I don't know. It was, like, it actually was very good. controversial. It was actually good was for good me yeah. because when I started doing, like, comp, like, ranking stuff, I was really good at tank. Right. And that helped boost me up. So I could just play tank every time and yeah, do a decent We could talk tank. about this forever. But, but that's not really sometimes other people would yeah. play tanks and then I'd be like, well, now I have to be DPS and I am suck at every DPS. 
Because they felt an obligation. Which DPS is just damage. So. Yeah. I'm just, just not like good at it. doing damage. Okay. So that's basically all you've been playing other than your We same. could talk about that for hours. Yeah. It's but basically really. you've been playing the same thing. Your I same app games. I just played one or two games of it. Yeah. No, but I'm saying all week you've been playing the same app games you've been playing pretty much. I haven't right? even been doing that. No. I've been reading more. And Lindsay's got me in a strict chore list duty. No. He put himself on the strict chore list. But, so what I've been reading, I read Adulthood is a Myth by Sarah Anderson, which is a graphic novel type book. And then I also read In Love and Pajamas, which is from Katana Comics. And I just love those books where it's like a different comic strip on every page. And yeah. I'm, I'm addicted to those. And that's basically what I did this week. That's great. I finished uh, Raw, R-A-I comic book. Ray? Ray. I, I thought it was Raw. Ray? I don't know. I don't know. It's a comic book, and it's basically about, like, a Japanese robot samurai. Pretty fun. Uh, recommend it. It's not, like, the best comic book I've ever read, but it's at least something a little bit out of the box, and it kind of bounces off of uh, Deadshot. Nice. So then what we have been watching. We've been continuing Pushing Daisies, continuing Batman Beyond. I started Celebrities Go Dating the other day. We have I don't like know how I feel about we it have yet. like a really bad habit of watching shows before we go to sleep. Like we just turn oh, yeah. the show on for an hour or two, and like a lot of times we don't finish it. We just put a set at sleep timer for an hour, and like we end up watching a lot of TV that way. You know, I like it though. I think it's okay. When Andrew went to his friend's house last weekend, I watched some What I Like About You. On HBO Max because that was a show I used to watch on like TGI Fridays back in like the 90s with Amanda Bynes and Jenny Garth. And they just added it to HBO Max and I was so excited that I put it on. I fell asleep on like episode two, but then I woke up and it was on episode like 12. And I was like, oh. So then I kept going back to episode two and I'd get like one more episode in and then like it's been a thing. So I'm now on episode like four or five, but it's been really fun. And then we started Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah. So far, it's pretty good. And I was going to ask you which character from Doom Patrol you feel like you're most like. Oh, yeah. That's a great question. Uh, Doom Patrol. Or if you were to play a character, which one would you most like to play? That's a better question. That is a better question. It's hard to say who I'm like. Um, Let's see. I think for you, the most fun role to play would probably be Mark Shepard's role. Why? I don't know the oh, character's name. Uh, Crowley. That, the guy that played Crowley on Supernatural, because that character yeah. is so funny. Yeah, he was pretty great. But he was only in there for a short time. Yeah, I pretty much like that that role. Where he was like... He's just like, I... Drinking and swearing and right. just like and having a great swearing, time. But he was like... He did. He said like some British swear words in sure. there and like... Yeah. He, he, was, he like, was just a little a-hole to he everybody. He was like a very, and very like, pessimistic about everything. I really loved it. Yeah. Um, other than that, who would you choose to play? Well, the only comparable role would be the girl with multiple personality disorder. See, I feel like that would be the most fun role is Crazy Jane. Crazy Jane, yeah. And like, she's like pretty cool character. Yeah. At the beginning, I was like... Why is the girl from Orange is the New Black and Jane the Virgin speaking with a British accent when we all know she's not British? Sure. And then you find out it's like a multiple personality thing and she doesn't have a British accent 90% of the time. Yeah. And then you're like, that makes sense. 
Yeah. And you know what else? Like, I think that that's the funnest role. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking this when we watched Split back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, like getting to switch characters basically over and over and over again. Yeah. So I like that idea because it's kind of like you get to explore your your full potential in a lot of ways. Anyway, so. But then Brendan Fraser's character is also kind of cool because you wouldn't necessarily, like you don't have to look great all the time because you're in a complete right. costume. Like you're not, you're playing yourself, which is kind of cool. So. We're going to talk about some awesome topics right after this word from our sponsor. And if you want to know what we've been listening to, check out our newsletter for the week. Care of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. I use care of to make me strong. And it's really great because you can take your own personalized packet of vitamins and it gets you through the day and i really like that you can also order creatine you can order energizing powder you can order sleep powder and all of this kind of like adds to the quality of your life all of Kara's products are formulated with good for you clean ingredients that are backed by science Kara is super transparent about the research and sourcing behind each of their products Care-of's in-depth five-minute online quiz asks you questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns to help address your specific wellness goals. Care-of's holistic online quiz is like getting a one-on-one consultation with a nutritionist, all without leaving your home. Make taking care of yourself a priority, and it's super easy with Care-of. For 50% off your Care-of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code WINE3050. So once again, that is for 50% off, go to takecareof.com and enter code W-I-N-E-T-H-I-R-T-Y-5-0. I used to think my skin goals were unattainable. I have sensitive combination skin, so I'd have dry patches, I have oily patches, and I feel like I've tried like product after product after product. Like I'm a product junkie and nothing ever works. But thankfully, I found Curology. Whether you're trying to stay on top of your acne or control your acne, or you have skin concerns with fine lines, dark spots, occasional breakouts, or clogged pores, Curology will customize a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked just for you to tackle your skincare needs. So to get your treatment plan, you just start by answering questions online about your skin and sending a couple selfies to your Curology provider. It was awesome because they were like, oh my gosh, you look so young. And I was like, thank you. But they did notice that my skin was a little bit red. It had some inflammation and they were able to help me with that. So they matched me with a licensed dermatology provider who got to know my skin. And if it's a good fit, they'll give you a customized prescription cream to address your acne, fine lines, dark spots, and more. Then they set you up with your customized treatment plan and ship you your custom formula right to your door. I love it because I don't have to like guess which product in the store is right for me. I have like a dermatology provider looking at my skin and telling me what will work for me. And it does. So take control of your acne, dark spots, breakouts, or whatever your unique concerns may be with a powerful skincare treatment made for you today. Go to curology.com slash wine30 for a free 30-day trial. You just pay for shipping and handling. So that's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash wine30 to unlock your free 30-day trial. See curology.com for all the details. 
Welcome back. That was really ominous. Um, So I'm going to start with my topic, which is, do you think that employers should be able to spy on you when you work from home? Like put spyware on your work computer so that they can track your work, your keystrokes, etc.? I mean, they're already doing that. They were already doing that. I know. They were. Because, I mean, not the good workplaces, but... But like, I know workplaces that I've worked for in the past do track your productivity based on... Like, they can see how long you've been on property, the website. Right? Yeah. And so it's technically illegal. But do you think they should? I don't think they should. And not because I think that they should make a law, but because I think that it actually... Um, undermines what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that in a way you're actually making your employees less creative, less productive, less um, like open to sharing new ideas. Yeah. Right. Because if you feel tracked, you're less likely to be flow flowing. You're less likely to be like uh, finding unique ways that may to, be like, more efficient. Solve. Yeah. That may be better. That maybe like, you know, better ways to do things, more ethical. Like, so I think it's a way of like a company like oppressing the workers rather than working with them. I agree. That's just how I feel. I feel like whenever I know that my company is tracking my computer, it makes me like annoyed because it's like, well, I know that if I send like a chat to one of my coworkers that they're all going to see it. Right. Whereas, like, like, they should be promoting collaboration, in my and perspective. And it's like, if I want to ask a coworker for advice, I shouldn't be put down for asking a coworker for advice via Google Chat. Like, realistically, I think in workplaces, you want to promote, like, a certain amount of chat between coworkers. Well, and I feel like as long as people are getting their work done and getting it done to right. a certain standard, should it matter? Yeah, and what every like, single know, keystroke says. You know, and I know that like you sh- ought to be thinking about your employees is like, hey, they want to work with me, they want to mm-hmm. help me, but realistically, like if someone treats me like crap and then comes to me for something, like I'm much less likely to co- uh, cooperate with them. And it's like, cooperate? Is that how that if you in the middle of the day while working on your work, need to respond to a thing and be like, oh, I need to confirm my doctor appointment through my email or I need to check in for my flight tomorrow. That takes two seconds, but I'm still getting my work done. Like, I don't, like... I think it's okay. I don't... I feel like as an employer, I wouldn't be down on an employee for doing that. Right. And it's kind of like the whole idea behind the computer, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, our economy was booming, Without the computer, yeah. you know, and then they introduced the computer and now people are getting things done in half the time, but the employers want you to be working. So they're packing on extra work and it's kind of like, well, what's the point of having computers and, and robots and electronics if you're just going to make us fill the time anyway, you know? Yeah. So that's, I guess, a very narrow minded perspective of like the employee, mm-hmm. but that is one perspective, right, of many. So then my other question is, if they are tracking you, do you think companies should be required to tell employees that they're being tracked? Absolutely. 100%. Because currently... In fact, that should be a law. Currently, they do not have to tell employees that they're oh, being see, tracked. Oh, see, that's wrong. And honestly, no workplace I've ever worked for has told employees that they're being tracked. Yeah, I think they should 
have to tell the employees because it's like like when they give them the work can you imagine a relationship like yeah can you imagine being in a relationship and being like yeah so i'm going to track everything you're doing videotape and record all your conversations and you're not going to every text but i'm not going to tell you i'm just going to every text message and phone call you ever send or receive i will have access to at any time i want to see it right like and i don't have to tell you that i have access yeah, like what if I was just like going through your computer and phone nine yeah, like twenty four seven? That'd be trickery. Then I don't think you can hold your employees accountable if you catch them doing something mm-hmm. negative. But the reason being is because people are more likely to act dissonant if there is an opposing force. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if they even get the whiff that anyone's tracking, which they will subconsciously. Well, the thing is, like it just no employee you can't hide that. No employee has or employer has ever told me that I've been being like that you're tracked. But then they'll be like, oh, like we noticed when you were working from home that you were working on your email from this time to this time, and you were doing this chat from this time to this time. And it's like, how would you know that if you weren't tracking right. everything people did? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. That's sketchy. For sure. And they'll be like, oh, you're relatively productive, but we feel like your productivity could have got up an extra 5 or 10% See, if you did. And it's like, no. super sketch. Yeah. It'd be one thing if they were like, if an employee came to them and was like, hey, here's an idea. Like, to increase productivity if you make people do this, right? Yeah. Like, not based on anything that they've tracked from employees. Or maybe they've just been watching their own productivity and they're like, oh, one way that I've found that makes me work. Like that's the kind of culture you want in your, your workplace Mm -hmm. is you want your employees to feel comfortable enough to come to you and be like, Hey, here's a great idea. Like, is this worth implementing? And then they leave it up to you to decide if it's worth implementing. Like that's how most breakthroughs are made. I feel like that's the employer I strive to be in life. Yeah, me too. So like, I don't want to be somebody who's like, Thinking that they can observe everything better than everybody else, right? Yeah. Like, no. Like, everyone's unique and every, everyone has something to bring to the table. Like, you can't expect, you can't compare your employees. And people work in different ways. You cannot compare your employees because mm-hmm. you, if you're comparing your employees and you're hiring too many employees, right? Yeah. Like, sorry, that's just the way it is. Okay, Andrew's topic. Okay, so given the deadline... Okay, do you, have you heard about the withdrawal of Afghan troops? I mean, I know that they are withdrawing Afghan troops. I don't know when the yeah, deadline is. They've been is. withdrawing. It's like the, they've been the withdrawing for like twelve years. Yeah, so it's like, been they've been we've been at war for two decades. Yeah, like twenty four years. That's how long. Most we've been of my at life. War. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I know they say nine eleven, but we've been fighting before nine mm. eleven. So. Honestly, since the first Bush was in office, we've been we've had a presence in Afghanistan. Right. So it's basically been two years. It's been uh, almost years. thirty years. Yeah. Realistically, but anyway. So, um, given the deadline to withdraw troops from Afghanistan, which the deadline is uh, February this year. So this month, this year. Correct. Hmm. Or, I'm sorry, it's May 1st. Oh, May 1st. So we have three months. Yeah. Okay. Um, And the treaty was made with the Taliban in last February. 
So it's the last administration. Okay. So they made a treaty to withdraw all the troops from Afghanistan. Yes. And they made the treaty with Taliban that basically said they, they would not use Afghanistan as a platform to launch terrorist attacks on America. Like, that is the treaty that was okay. made with, with the Taliban. Because yes. the Taliban, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, right now, the Taliban is stronger than it's ever been. And people don't know that because our. I believe it. Well, you For don't have sure. to believe it. Like, the fact is the fact. I mean, like, go to Af- If you look at the journalism in Afghanistan. I mean, you say the Taliban is, saying, like, stronger than it's ever been. It's like, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I don't like basically they're research it, but there's yes, no doubt they're a radical mind. group, but in a lot of Afghanis of Afghani minds, mm-hmm. they're the resistance. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're the resistance. They're to, like the Jedi's of the like they are like the resistance to the American force. So people are joining at a rapid pace. Like generals are becoming more and more abundant. And the thing is, is if you know anything about the Afghani's war which I've done some research. I wouldn't know like combat wise because I haven't been a fighter and I, you know, I always look up to troops and whatnot, but I'm getting my information from combat vets. And so imagine me like the gentleman, like I'm doing research on it. Yeah. Um, basically those people, the Taliban are basically like, you know what? America, you're here. Great. How long are you going to be here? How long are you going to keep your troops here? Like, because mm-hmm. we can disappear. I can go do a job selling TVs. I can go do a job working on a, a engineers as a car. Mm-hmm. I can get a basic job and just wait you out. Like, how long are you going to be here? Like, how long are you going to take to find me? Right? The more oppressed that we put, the more American influence we have, the more people are like, oh, like... I'm going to join a church, right? And then, like, I'm going to get integrated. And then, all of a sudden, I'm going to be, like, part of a movement to oust American troops. Like, nobody wants American troops in their country, you know? So, they made the treaty. My question to you, you ready for this? Yes. Okay. Do you think we ought to withdraw our troops from Afghanistan in order to make peace with the Taliban? I think we should withdraw our troops from Afghanistan because we have no business being there in the first place. Okay. America meddles too much in everyone else's business. And, like, let them run the country the way they want to run the country. We do not need to tell every other country how they should be running themselves. Okay. Period. If they have, like, mass genocide there and we need to help out some people that's one thing we don't need to be the whole reason we were there in the first place was because of an oil disagreement Uh during the bush era and him wanting cheaper oil and them having a disagreement and then like putting troops there because we got in a little tizzy with them okay so i have a i have a question for you to follow up question uh the taliban are stronger than they ever have been yeah that's fact Mm -hmm. if you talk to anybody in politics any of the uh civil fighters of afghanistan okay They'll be saying that. So would you consider this as a loss for America to withdraw? No, I feel like that's us doing the right freaking thing. I mean, we kind of went in there to kill the Taliban, right? We went out to kill. No, the thing is, the reason we went to Afghanistan in the first place wasn't even the Taliban. Well, that's not the reason why we went in there, but that's the reason we said we went in there. But it's... (laughs) So, like, what are you calling Americans liars? And honestly... 
if that counts as a loss, then fine. Okay, Whatever. well, let me ask you care. another follow-up question. We lost too many lives over petty crap in Afghanistan. Yes, I agree. However, we are there now, and we've been there for And we need to just freaking leave. We don't need to be there. Just let them well, run their What country. do you think about the trust of their military? Like, if we just up and left, mm-hmm. do you think that the people that are resisting the Taliban would think highly of us? Here's the thing. Either way, people are going to be upset. I feel like if those people are, like, saying, we can't live here, we're being oppressed, we're being killed, we should create a safe space for those people to move to America if they choose to. And we should, like, in countries... So you're pro more immigrants right now. Well, I think that countries should be opening up their borders. Like, when people were leaving, was it Serbia a few years ago and places like that, when they had a lot of issues like within their country and they became like a safe haven. Like Germany was a safe haven for a lot of people from other places. And I feel like if we opened our borders, but like, it's not just to anyone from Afghanistan who wants to come, but I think that there should be, <laughs> there should okay, be. Let a- me ask you another question. Do you think the ones that aren't going to come, mm-hmm. um, do you think that, that um, if we will we will it be really difficult to regain the trust of Afghan people if we leave now? Like the people that the aren't is, part of the Taliban. From what I have it. heard, hold on, let me finish. From what I've heard, the majority of Afghani people, even people not in the Taliban, do not want us there. I don't think that's accurate. I'm talking about the people that aren't part of the Taliban and aren't part of. I'm talking about everyday people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not talking about. Militia. I'm not talking about. You From know, what I've heard, a lot I'm of those people, people don't want us here. Well, there. a lot of them don't want us here, but is that just the Taliban? Like, do you know how much do you know about that? That's all I'm saying. I'm saying, would it be harder if we left all of a sudden, high and dry, and said, "Oh, these radicals are going to be here," but as long as they're not attacking us, we have been slowly pulling out of of Afghanistan for years, and eventually they need to be able to like. Maybe we have a base or two bases there with a very small amount of people, just like we do in any other country. I'm just saying, if we leave on bad terms, it will be really difficult to regain the trust of Afghan people. Wouldn't you agree with that? Maybe. That's very possible. It also could, uh, could unravel the political structure that we've put in place, right? If the Taliban just come in and say, oh, execute the Democratic leaders... The thing is, we have no business setting up every other country's government. Right, but we already have. Because we're stupid. Yeah, but the thing is, we're already in it. So I'm just asking (laughs) what the correct answer is to do now that we've already done it. This is kind of like the whole thing is like, okay, well, you got Trump in office or the last administration in office. And they're doing all this stuff that really messes stuff up. And then like five years down the road, you're like, well... We're in it, so now we have to make a decision, and it's like it's not as simple as just pulling everybody out anymore. I right? think that Biden is very good with like international relations, and Biden is going to make the best decision for our country. Okay, awesome. Because that is one of his strong suits is international relations and having very strong connections with different leaders from different countries, and like understanding all those relations. And I think. That 
he will make the right decision in this case. All right. He may not have a hundred percent of the like correct decisions all the time, but I think he will know the information to Fantastic. do that. See, I don't think I think we should do the same thing that we did with Jerusalem. We should pull the troops out and fund them with our best fend the government with fund the government with our best military. I cannot speak today. It's the wine. The, the wine. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I'm like fund the. I think we should just fund their government with the best American uh, mm. equipment. Be like, and everybody's complaining about Biden. Oh, he made a two million, two hundred million dollar arms trade. It's like it's a governmental arms trade. Yeah, he's gonna. Fund, that happens all the time. He's gonna fund Jerusalem. Yeah, it's like ridiculous to even say that he's gonna fund Jerusalem. He's gonna fund. Um, Ukraine. Yeah. Like he's going to give them, not what even give, he's just going to gonna like, be like, hey, yeah. like here's some military equipment. We have an abundance of it, right? And you need it to like keep things. Right. In like we're pro yeah. guns here. Like we got plenty of guns in America. So if you like guns, get behind Biden, right? Okay. Like that's what it's all about. But like quickly, one more political thing. How do you feel about Ted Cruz going to Cancun? I think it was a mistake. Yeah. Do you like how he blamed it on having to drop his daughters off? I don't know if that's true, but I think that's also a mistake. <laughs> when he's like, it's like, like hitting every when tree. When he's like, I wasn't going on vacation. I was dropping my daughters off in Cancun because I just had to go to Cancun in the it's middle like of the pandemic. They just had to go tree. to Cancun. Hitting every tree. Hitting every tree. And it's like, dude. And then while he's there, AOC went to Texas and raised $4 million at the food bank. She Oof, volunteered God. at the food bank, made $4 million to help Honestly, them out. Honestly, I don't... And, I can't stand Ted Cruz. I can't believe they even... And he was freaking vacationing in Cancun. Yeah. And then once he realized that people were flipping out about the fact he went to Cancun, he flew back. And then was like, oh, right. just had to drop him off. I'm like, if Ted Cruz gets reelected, they should look into that. He just got reelected. Oh, he just got reelected. That's too bad for And them. I'm like, How? I feel so bad for Texas. And you know what? Here's a bad, sad thing. So many people are moving to Texas. And so many people hate Ted Cruz in Texas. I have so, like, I don't want to say I have so many followers. I have a lot of followers from Texas who live in, like, Dallas, Houston, Austin, big cities, who would hate Ted Cruz. Hate him. But all the small little towns all around Texas are voting for Ted Cruz. Yeah. I have a lot more topics, but we've run out of time. And we will talk to you next week for another episode of Wine 30.